0: Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com slash SME today. Again, agorapulse.com slash SME.
1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media.
2: Welcome to the show. I am Jeff C. And I'm Grace Duffy. And we are excited to be joined today by Allie Bloyd. Now, Allie is a Facebook ad expert who specializes in helping local businesses. Her agency, Allie Bloyd Media, helps businesses with their content marketing, social media marketing, and lead generation. And today, we're going to be exploring Facebook's new tool for testing ad campaigns. So stick around.
1: Yeah. And then we'll also be joined by Ian Anderson Gray later in the show to talk about all the new tools and new features. Facebook's been rolling out for video. Uh, they're rolling this out for pages, publishers, creators. So I am really looking forward to that since we obviously need
0: help with our live video here. That's
2: right. <laughs> That's Allie, thank you. So, I mean, we've been throwing links at you in this last minute <laughs> stuff. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate oh, it. Oh,
0: absolutely. Anything I can do to help.
2: Yeah. So Grace, tell us all about this uh, new news for Facebook ads.
0: Well, Facebook rolled out a new
1: experiments section in Ad Manager and it combines the results of multiple ad campaign tests, most of which um, people are pretty familiar with. So it's stuff like A-B testing and measuring conversions and brand lift and it puts it all in one place. And according to Facebook, it's making it super easy to get the right tests up and running and get them up fast. So you just select a number of tests, add the information and experiments, is what, which is what they're calling this. The experiments tool will set up the test and it will go. So Facebook notes that these are very powerful testing tools and they're intended to help marketers optimize their ad performance and give them a deeper understanding of the true impact of their ads and allowing them to make better decisions. So a lot of our listeners and audience members here on Crowdcast, on Facebook, and apparently on LinkedIn as well, they are navigating Facebook ads for the first time yeah. or they're navigating them for the first time without the help of the agency or the help of consultants such as yourself. Can you please do a top level walkthrough of each of these elements found within the experiment section? So what are the tests that this new product replaces or combines and what information do they provide? Uh, the first ones are, they mentioned was the AB testing and then campaign budget optimization tests. So can you just tell us what
0: those are? Yeah, absolutely. So A-B test is going to be a way for you to test variations of your campaign. So we've been able to do A-B test for a while on specific ads. This is a feature I use fairly often. Um, we do a mix of manual tests as well as doing testing with the tools that facebook gives us sometimes they work better and sometimes they don't so we're even testing with the testing tools but essentially what this ab test tool allows you to do is take one campaign and be able to make changes and variations fairly simply and compare the results of the two so instead of having to duplicate a campaign change those variables yourself, and then just look at the results, it's going to be a little bit more of a realistic test because they're not going to be showing those to the same audience. You could change your audience as your variable, but if you don't, then you want to make sure that it has its own audience that it's being shown to. So that's a pretty cool use of the tool. You can still do just the A-B testing on one ad within a campaign, but this really kind of cranks it up a notch and allows you to use it on that campaign level. So for campaign budget optimization, this is for people who wanna test if the CBO is actually, I would say helping or hurting their campaign. So it's gonna allow you to test it on campaigns that have campaign budget optimization and also those that don't. So this isn't something that I use a ton, but I definitely know in the e-commerce space, it's used pretty heavily. So this would be a great tool for anybody who's in that business. The holdout test is the next experiment that they've introduced. And this is pretty unique because basically what it's doing is trying to help you understand, are your ads actually the reason that someone purchased or took a certain step that you wanted them to take? So what it's going to do is it's going to take one group of people and it'll show your ad to those people. It'll have another group that will be essentially not allowed to see that ad. What you're trying to find out is are the people that are not seeing the ad, are those people still purchasing your product or service or or doing that event that you want them to do regardless. Mm -hmm. And it could be a cost difference that you may be seeing, or it could be that no one is doing anything unless they see your ads. But that could really be pretty powerful. Again, I think it's even more powerful for e-commerce businesses. There are ways that you can use it as a local business, which we can talk about. Um, But that's essentially what it is. A group that will not see your ads versus a group that does see your ads to determine is this the actual thing that caused them to take that action? I mean, people that are advertising in a variety of places online, I think that could be a really, really powerful tool for them because I think we all know that it's usually not just one moment that somebody decides they're gonna buy or schedule a call or you know, set up a phone call or appointment in person even. Mm-hmm but it could be. So understanding, is this kind of a collection of what's happened in my other advertising, or is it this specific ad that's caused them to make that action? And then brands... Oh, did you have something you wanted to add? No, no. I was going to ask about brand surveys Mm -hmm. and you were rolling right along there, so I didn't yeah. really interrupt. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. So brand surveys—I actually think this is really cool. Um, I have one running for myself right now. But what this is going to do is allow you to essentially survey the people that have seen your ads within a certain period of time. You can ask them questions in terms of: Do you even remember seeing ads from this company? I think a lot of us are kind of we're immune to some types of advertising. It right. just rolls right, right over our heads. We don't even notice it anymore. That's why it's so important to really stand out. But if you're spending a good bit of money on a certain type of campaign and people don't even remember that they saw it, sometimes subconsciously it's still there. That's something that you would really want to know. And it's also going to be able to determine, at least based on what somebody is you know, submitting in those polls, if they are more likely to recommend or work with your business because of it, or if they are not. So those are things that we have not really had a good opportunity to do in the past. So there's a couple of requirements for this. Mm -hmm. You will have had to spend at least $10,000 in your ad account in the last 90 days. And they recommend that the duration of your test. So it's not actually pulling the people that saw your ad in the past from the moment that you set up the test, it's going to essentially pull the people that see those campaigns that you select moving forward. And they recommend $30,000 be invested wow. on those tests. So I know there's a lot of people that are not going to spend $30,000. Right, right. I, I wouldn't let that deter you yeah. at all. I think it's something where if you have spent 10000 in the last 90 days and you have the ability to try this, Try it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's gonna hurt you in any way to know what people are thinking or you know seeing in regards to the advertising that you're putting out there. So I'm pretty excited to see what the results of those tests are going to look like. Um, some of them I definitely know I'll be using more than others, but I think they're all really great resources to help us understand you know what is actually happening. are these things the the cause and effect of our conversions or our purchases, or are they just contributing factors? Gotcha.
1: So before we move on to the next thing, I just want to note that advertisers can find so if you have a brand page or a company page, you can find Mm. this in Facebook's, uh, in your ads manager. So those of you that are following along the conversation, you want to check this out for yourself, look in your ads manager these should be there. And this is a tab, right, Allie? Yes. It's a, it should be a tab in there so you can find all this. So I know we're going to get a lot of questions about where can I find this? Right. That is where you can find it. Okay. Good, so, good call, anyway. Grace.
2: So um, <laughs> one of the things I want to talk about, too, is is uh, Facebook has mentioned in when they released this product, they quoted that they when measuring the effectiveness of a campaign, Carefully consider the implications of using those results to inform future decisions because uh, while A-B testing can provide just short-term insights. So can you clarify how we should use this data from these experiments?
0: Yeah, I think that this is something that's really important to talk about because just like they're showing you by even giving you the ability to use some of these experiments, You really can't rely on a single set of data to tell you what you need to know. The best way to go about it is to really compare things with one another. I also feel like sometimes the data is not accurate in some of these tests and they actually give you this number on most of the tests that talks about testing power and it's going to be a percentage. So what they're really looking for are two different things, time and money. Mm -hmm. Are you giving it enough time? Are you giving it enough money? Some people may not have enough money To get it to that 100% accuracy of the test. And even if you do get it to that quote unquote 100% accuracy, Mm -hmm. there's no way for them to really know that it's 100% accurate in every scenario. So I think that it's a great way to collect more data than you've been able to collect before. I think that being able to compare things side by side is important in just about everything, because if you don't have a benchmark for something, you don't really know if you're doing okay, if you could be doing better, maybe you're doing horribly. Mm-hmm. For someone who maybe is just getting started or doesn't have a lot of back end data to go on, that's going to be something that will give them really important insights a lot faster. You could have the same campaign and one of the cost per results could be half of what the other one is that you're testing. So automatically, you know that this is much better than this one. If you had just run one campaign and you got those higher cost per result results, you may not really know what that means for you. Like, oh, is this is this okay? Is it right, not okay? Right. Being able to compare the two is just super valuable. Um, but I would say that, I have in the past on some of these tests, like the split testing feature, which it's not specifically what we're talking about right now, but I've used the split testing feature a good amount in the past. And I've never been able to achieve the same results once the test was finished. So after seeing that repeatedly, um, we just went back to testing manually for some of those things. So the split testing option, it is kind of an experiment. It's got this little experiment beaker next to it when you start the test. And I'm not honestly sure why that is. It may be, again, the time and money factor. If you really don't let it run for a good duration you don't know if the people who saw it within that given time frame were just more likely to choose one over the other mm-hmm. you know if you had given it a longer span you're going to have more types of people right. who can respond in a certain way so i would just say not take it with a grain of salt but use the data and see the data for what it is but don't ever believe that it is set in stone because people are constantly changing The world is constantly changing as we we have seen recently. So what may have been relevant a week ago to someone may not be as relevant today. So just important to know when and how to use that information. Absolutely. And Ali, to your
1: point, so Facebook also quoted in this statement, uh, the, the announcement of this new product before implementing any testing strategy. It's important to evaluate how different societal and environmental factors may influence the scalability of this insights. And like you said, this time is better than any other time to illustrate this, that like week to week, day to day. And your agency specializes in local business. Where I live, there is a ton of confusion over who is or who isn't open, who can do business, who can't. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are a lot of small local businesses, even in my hometown here that are adjusting to this new reality. And many are just plain shut down. They can't work from home, right? They can't do what they do at home or scale it as they can when their businesses are shut down. How have you been advising your
0: local business clients to proceed with their marketing at this time? So it's been a little bit different for every client, but for most people, the place that we're starting is with the offer. If you're still able to do business in any way, you're gonna have to reevaluate your offer because what is gonna work right now is not what worked three weeks ago more often than not. I do have a couple of clients that the same offer is still working, but we have totally shifted the messaging. Um, but for most people, the offer is going to have to be different because you may not have the ability to provide the same offer. Mm-hmm. The process in which you're delivering that may be totally different. And it's a really important time to ask yourself, is the offer I'm putting out actually something that people want and need and could help them at this moment in time? It, may not be your favorite product offering to promote, but that doesn't matter if it's what someone needs right now and they don't really need something else, or maybe it's not really in alignment with the economy or someone's mindset That's it's just something you have to consider. So really reevaluating the offer, understanding mm-hmm. what you can do At this time. And I think for most local businesses, at least those that have had significant shifts, you just need to survive and continue to make money more than anything else. So really dig deep and say, okay, what am I not doing that I could be doing? Mm -hmm. It may be a total change in how you're doing business or what you're offering. And it may not be something you plan on doing long term, but that's okay. Right. The most important thing is that you do stay in business right. during this time and that you make it out to the point where you do have a little bit more flexibility in terms of what you're going to offer. So that with the messaging, I mean, has been really some of the main changes, really not expecting that right. anything you were talking about or the ways that you were talking about it before are going to matter to people or are going to be relevant to them. So figuring out how to tie in what it is that you're offering with why it's relevant now. And also, you know, showcasing that that you are local, I think is important.
2: That's what I want to ask you, because you and I had a great conversation in the society about some of this stuff and you gave us uh, some specific examples. So before we wrap this uh, up, can you give us like one great example that you've seen a local business who's, you know, who's done this and who's actually, you know, done some stuff that's Mm -hmm. really working out there?
0: Yeah, I can give you a couple. So some of my clients, we do live events. That's our regular thing. Mm-hmm. We have since switched those to webinars. And there's a lot of cool things about the webinars that you can't do with live events. They you know, are both working. One of my students in my training program, she is a retailer in like a shopping center type of area. She sells custom sheets and linens and pajamas and candles and all of this, you know, kind of feel good home stuff. So we've put together self-care baskets and they're basically a collection of bath salts and, you know, self-care products for your face and your nails and comfy, fuzzy socks and things that people can use at home. But the way that we're offering it is she's going to do free delivery. She's also doing curbside pickup. We're encouraging people to buy one for someone who is struggling or feeling mentally low right now. Mm -hmm. This is a great way to boost yourself up. Taking care of yourself helps you bounce back from stress a lot faster. You know, you're at home more. You really should be focusing on trying to put yourself in the best physical and mental space. So that's a total shift from what she was offering or talking about before, but that's working out well. We have another student who is a running store. He's doing virtual consultations. They're also doing running analysis where... Someone will, you know, be running on a treadmill, they'll evaluate what's happening and they'll actually deliver the running shoes. Their messaging is about the fact that the gyms are closed. Running is free. It's always open. It's a great way to boost your physical health, which everyone's talking about health right now. So any way that you can tie in to what's happening and show people how this is good for them. I also have one remodeling client who normally does bathrooms. That's his focus. There are some people that still would do that, but you know, the general public, it's not the same as it was. So now we're doing decks and pergolas. It's getting warm. People have cabin fever, be outside, spend time with your family, deepen those relationships. So I have not really seen a ton of businesses unless you literally have no way to provide any product or service Mm -hmm. that can't come up with a great way to continue to deliver at least something within the realm of your capabilities at this moment. So lots of different options. It just takes a little bit more creativity. It does take reworking all those campaigns. I mean, right. I kind of feel like, man, the whole world's shutting down and I've been busier than ever. Cause I've right. had to change everything for all of my clients. Right. Um, but the most important thing is that they continue to get results and that they're not struggling. And it's been pretty awesome because some of our clients are doing better than they've ever done before. Um, and some of them are doing fine, which right. I think at this moment
2: it's good. is good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> they're
0: still getting appointments. They're still getting virtual consultations. Even our orthodontist client is still right. doing well, which is one industry that has been majorly impacted. So I think adjusting your expectations a bit, but really thinking outside of the box stepping out of your comfort zone and just doing what needs to be done right now to continue to stay in business.
2: Well, I want to echo what Ian says. He goes, uh, Ian Bartley says some really good ideas here and you did get a, a bunch of great ideas here, Allie. So where can people find out more about you? Yeah,
0: you can go to alliebloidmedia.com. That's going to have um, a lot of great blogs on there, a lot of great free resources on Facebook ads. And I'm actually launching a podcast next week for local businesses Very called cool. Marketing Inc. So if you guys are local business owners, definitely check that out. It comes out on the 8th. It's going to be a lot of great information just for you. So super excited about that.
2: Awesome. That's awesome, Allie. Thanks, Allie. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you. Bye,
1: bye, Bye.
2: All right, man, tons of great information. We got a lot of people in the comments, like even Violet saying, thank you for this video. Well, thank you, Violet, for watching. Uh, We're getting ready to bring my pal uh, Ian Anderson Gray on, but uh, you want to talk a little bit about some other news that's happening. Oh, Yeah. yeah.
1: So it appears that Facebook is rolling out a new automatic tagging feature for those of you that have business pages. So this allows pages or other people to tag your brand page. So when you click on that tag, it'll go directly to your brand page on Facebook when they mention you in their stories. And so this is a setting that you can find in your page settings. Uh, You do have to have a business profile or a creator account on Instagram Mm -hmm. to kind of have this feature uh, available to you. But this was discovered by Lisa Jenkins from Social Media Examiner. Super She's our managing smarty. editor on yeah. our site. So that is something she spotted out in the wild this week. And we wanted to mention it because Facebook is giving pages and businesses more opportunities to yeah. be seen in different ways. So, Ian. Hey, So we're very excited
2: to have Ian from across the pond here. So we have Ian Anderson Gray. And if you haven't heard of Ian, he is a live video marketing coach and founder of the Confident Live Marketing Academy. He blogs and live streams at Seriously Social and the host of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, a great podcast to listen to as well. So, Ian, thank you so much for coming to the show. We're so excited to have you here.
3: Well, thank you for having me on. It's uh, great to be here. and Lovely to to hang out with you guys. Yeah, I'm excited. And we have you on
1: live video, which is perfect for us, right?
3: Yeah, don't screw it up.
1: No, hey.
2: Okay.
3: No, no pressure. <laughs> You're good at this,
1: yeah. Ian, I don't know which one of us he was talking to. I think it was me, actually. No, it was <laughs> no, Ian. Yeah. No.
3: This is so, what I have to put up with. Yeah, I know. Oh,
1: my gosh. Well, you know, it is a work hazard of working with Jeff. Yes. So, <laughs> so last week we reported that Facebook has been inundated with so much traffic, right? And especially with live video content. So to keep up with this increased demand this week, Facebook rolled out a series of new video features designed to help creators and page owners build uh, audiences, increase discovery and encourage returned viewership. So uh, some of these features include a streamlined process for uploading and managing video content in bulk. Uh, they've made some updates to Playlist. Uh, they've added a fresh new way to publish episodic content in a new product. I know this is going to be a surprise. It's called Series. So original product naming there. <laughs> and then the biggest news, and the one I wanted to talk to you about specifically is the new video tab. So uh, what do you think of Facebook's new video tab? Have you had a chance to experiment with it? Uh, do you have it on your own page? What do you think?
3: Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I mean, I, I love all the new features that uh, Facebook have, have added. I've been playing around with the Creator Studio and, and some of the new features there. And i I think it's cool what they're doing and making it easier for content creators to upload in bulk. I think the series feature is going to be really cool too. I just think it's a little bit confusing at the moment. So I had to spend a bit of time, I don't know if you felt this, trying to work out when would I use a series over a season, over the playlist. But I think for me, I've been using the the playlists feature a lot for my live shows, and actually, it makes more sense for me to use the series function because it is episodic. I have episode one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. and so that's what you can do. So I played around with it just before um, we, I came on, and it's great. The only problem is I added all my videos one to fifty-one, and Facebook rather unhelpfully has made episode one number fifty-one. So <laughs> I'm going to have to go Gosh. and reorder it the other oh, yeah. way uh, yeah. for each one. So, but yeah, I mean, this is obviously this is a new feature for for facebook and so they will be constantly updating things i'm sure
2: so um one of the questions i have is where can you find this app for one the the series i don't have i went to where it's supposed to be and i didn't have series yet do you know i mean did you just show up and find it i think it's in creator studios right
3: on the Creator Studio, on the left-hand side, under Content Library, you'll have posts, you've got playlists, and now we've got series. So I can now go on series, and I've added here, I've added the Confident Live Marketing Show, and I can then edit that, I can reorder things.
2: So I want to ask you real quick uh, the question that I had, because I, for some reason, I still don't have series. What is the difference between a playlist And a series. I mean, I know you can have URLs for both of those to, you know, like if you want to send people to watch just certain things. So what is the difference? Because I think that was, I mean, I hope you hope, you know, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but (laughs) I
3: mean, because it's really,
2: it's kind of hard to, to, when you look at it, like, why would I use one over the other?
3: Well, that's a good question. I so I haven't had the chance to properly play with it yet. So this is this is really new. But I mean, what they're saying is that this is for episodic content. So mm. I think when it makes sense for you to go to you know start on episode one and then go forwards to wh- wherever you are, but with a playlist, it's more for for thematic content. Mm, So for example, if I give an example in in my podcast, I have one podcast and one show, uh, the Confident Live marketing show. And so that makes sense to have that in a series but within my show I have different themes so sometimes I'll talk about tech sometimes I'll talk talk about oh, confidence okay. and so I think that would make sense to put that in the playlist so I'll have a playlist for confidence a playlist for tech and so d- depending on on the kind of content that you're creating you you may want to have one series or a couple of different series but then you will extract some of those videos for different playlists if gotcha. that makes sense and and you made a really good point which I forgot to mention which is now I've been wanting this for ages. I've never been able to link or send people to my playlist on on Facebook. But now playlists and series will also have their own URL, which is really cool. So we can link to that on social media and mm-hmm. on our website and we can send people there.
1: So, So, Ian, do you have any tips on getting people to stay and watch your next video, even if it isn't mm -hmm. episodic necessarily? Like, is there a way that you're like, because I think from what I've read is like, it allows you so that it'll just continue to play. Right. So it's kind of like with Netflix, like, I mean, at some point, maybe they'll tell us like, are you still watching? (laughs) But uh, (laughs) yes, I'm still watching. What else am I doing? Right. (laughs) So is there a way like, do you have any techniques or tips for our audience of how you can uh, once you've uploaded that series, how to get someone to stay and watch the next one.
3: Well, I think it depends on the content that you're creating. So I'm I'm very interested to see how this is going to work for me because my my shows generally are around 40, 45 minutes long. So I'm going to be interested to see whether people are actually are, are going to once they've watched one, are they going to want to watch two, three, and four? I think my gut feeling is, and my experience with this before is that shorter videos, we're looking at five to ten minutes, are going to work better for that because it's easier to binge watch shorter content. So that's the first thing. And then, of course, it's just saying you know, in this video, I'm going to be talking. Talking about this, but uh, if you want to find out more, uh, stay to the end of this because mm-hmm. I'm going to go on to and talk about this in more detail. I'm going to talk about something else in the next video. So I suppose it's teasing people with some extra information or extra content or extra value that they're going to get if they keep on watching. So you need to kind of uh, place that in people's minds at the beginning and also at the end of each video that you produce so that you're going to get them to watch continually. Gotcha. So
2: one of the things I think you kind of hinted at it, but Facebook revamped its bulk uploader last year, but now it's doing these bulk actions with one click, which is like, if you have a lot of videos, this is a big deal. So do you think that once this tool rolls out, it will like really significantly increase your publishing workflow? Like Facebook's really pushing this. So do you think it's going to help you out a lot?
3: Uh, Yeah, I was trying to think about this. And I think for me personally, Probably not that much, mm-hmm. although that. So there was a time when I did uh, upload all my all my. Actually, no, I didn't. But I'm trying to think with Facebook. I did this with YouTube. That was what right. it was. I I needed to upload like 30 videos in one go. Mm-hmm. So I suppose if I had already put, uh, created these videos in the past and I wanted to upload them all in one go, then definitely it would make a lot of sense.
2: Well, one of the things that I thought, and this is one of the Mm. things that I always forget to do, I always forget to tag my videos, which helps with discoverability and do this stuff. And being able now to go through and select all those and tag it like for what I want it to be for search or whatever, because I always forget when I'm done with the video. And this way I can go back and and tag all of them and do them all at once. So a couple of the things that they're saying that you can do with this tool with bulk actions is like enable in-stream ads. Now that's of course, if you have enough watch time and all that to do that, you can mess Mm. with your rights protections and then you can add tags, custom labels. And you can also, and this ties into what we were talking about before, you can use it to do entire playlists and series. The uh, and Something yes. else we're going to talk about in a little bit, audience restrictions and some captions. So doing that instead of having to go and clicking and adding each one to a playlist, yes. that's going to be really fast.
3: That's going to be really cool. And so, for example, I'm, I'm looking at the moment, you can do things like this is probably a bit more advanced, but if you wanted to prohibit embedding, so this is to stop people embedding it on the website, you can select multiple Mm -hmm. videos and change that. You can download the videos, although it's in standard quality it's not high definition unfortunately so there's quite a few things that you can do and and you can you can yeah audience restrictions you can add to playlists and all this kind of stuff so this to be honest i've been surprised that it's taken them so long for this because youtube has had the bulk edit facility in their creator studio so it's um great that they've got that finally (laughs) Yeah. yeah and this new section
2: i mean this new stuff for us, live streamers is amazing. So they're they developing some new features to meet increased demand for live content, yeah. especially right now. So a couple of those are uh, the launch of Live Producer, which for a lot of us has been out for a while, but this is like super, the real official thing that is out. And some accessibility tools. They've expanded creator tools for live video clipping and comment moderation and more. So, you know, Facebook has made it easier for people now, especially to access live streams on mobile including non-Facebook users and those with unreliable connections. And so this idea is to allow creators like us um, to reach more viewers and increase discoverability. So how can we reach these uh, non-Facebook users and alert them that we're going live? Have you played with that any? Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, this, this is, again, fairly new, but I'm, I'm excited about this because I've been sending people for my live shows. I've been sending people to YouTube a lot of the time because it's more accessible. You don't have to have a YouTube account. You can just watch it. You can watch it on your smart TV. But now with these new features that Facebook is launching, you know, you will be able to send people to Facebook just with a link like you would with YouTube and they can watch it wherever, Mm. whether they've got a Facebook account or not. One of the things I'm really excited about is the ability for people to phone in. Now, I've not seen this yet. It's apparently rolling out. But I had uh, somebody, so we were, I was involved with live streaming our church service in the last couple of weeks. And I had had an email from somebody saying, we've got an elderly 80-year-old lady who would love to be involved with the service. She's at home. She can't leave the house, obviously, because she's in lockdown. Mm -hmm. and is there a way she could phone in and listen to the service? And I thought if it was Zoom, yes, you could. But if you're using live video like Facebook Live or YouTube Live, I couldn't think of a way. With this new feature from Facebook, this is going to allow people who maybe are bandwidth impaired or they mm-hmm. d- they just don't have internet. Older people, or different generations of people may not have that. So this is going to be really good to be more accessible. But with the sharing of Facebook Live videos, we can just send it out on social media uh, with the link. And we can also do that on an email and all those mm-hmm. kind of things. Like we did before, but now they don't actually have to have a Facebook account. Gotcha.
1: So another big update is that it is now the official send out the clowns rollout (laughs) of live producer, right? And those of us that have been doing live video for a while, we're just going because, you know, Stephanie Liu came on our show, I think about a month ago is right before social media marketing world. And she talked about how at that point, I think it had become the default surface for going live. On Facebook, but I mean, they've been testing it for about a year and a half before that. Those of us that have had access to it for a while are just used to. Can you tell us what it's like for those that are new to live video or going live on Facebook? Like, can you tell us what you like or don't like about it?
3: Yeah, it's fine. And it's basically, in many ways, it's not that different to the old way of doing things. There are just a few more. It's it's a sexier UI, so it looks a little bit nicer. There's a few extra features as well, which I think are really good. So I'll, I'll go through some of the exciting things. The things that I'm particularly excited about is now, which I tested yesterday, because this is only just rolled out, is auto-generated captions. Mm. So I wasn't sure this was going to work. But now if you check the auto-generated captions, these this is basically... Basically, Facebook will add captions to your live videos, which is amazing. And actually the quality is really good. I was really surprised. It doesn't get everything right, but this is going to be great, particularly for those who can't watch the screen and maybe they can't uh, listen. They're in a situation where they can't actually put the audio up. So that's really cool. Also, the ability for viewers to rewind so they can, while you're live, maybe they came in 10 minutes late and they can rewind that live. You can check that on and off as well. Then there are loads of other features. So you can check your stream health. So this is particularly good if you're using another app to Mm -hmm. live stream you can check where's it going wrong. You can check about the stream health. You can, this has been around for ages, but you can add polls, questions to your live videos and questions as well. So it's, it's a lot easier now to go through all those settings.
2: One of the things I do want to mention about Live Producer, because it did officially mm. you know, dun, 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 roll out. Um, I went to go and usually I, what I would do like for groups, like, like if I was going live in the society, I would go to the society page and click live and it would open up producer and it would go live there. But this time I noticed that it goes, if I wouldn't have double checked my settings, I would have went live to the wrong page it would have been the wrong thing. So make sure if you've been yes. using the beta version of Live uh, Producer, that when you go live in a group or you're going live you know, for different clients, that you double check your settings because I almost yes. had a call from Stelzner really quickly. So that was, <laughs> I, I'm okay, glad that I double didn't... checked that because it would have not been good. So, but I, you just double check your settings and make yeah. sure that yeah. you're going in the right place. So Ian, 100%. what are some other tools that you might prefer to use other than Live Producer? And if you do use those, why?
3: So in terms of live video tools, I mean, I use quite a few different ones. So I'm a big fan of both Ecamm Live, which mm-hmm. is a live video tool for Mac, and also StreamYard, which is cross-platform. It works in the web for, for Macs and PCs. And actually, I make things far too complicated, but I actually use the two in combination, I think. That, so I, I will actually use mm-hmm. Ecamm Live with StreamYard. So those are really cool. Ecamm Live is particularly good if you're a Mac user. It has loads of features like being able to Save the video in high quality format. Right. You can change the scenes and all that kind of stuff. And StreamYard is great because you can multicast very easily. So you can go live to LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, you know, all at the same time. Right. And you can manage the comments as well, which yeah, is cool. Very cool. The one of the questions we
2: did I wanted to make sure before with some of this new rollout is that stars function that Facebook has talked yes. about that allows creators to make money over streams. Woohoo. Uh and it's expanding to musicians and cultural institutions. Institutions, And I know you're big in the musician industry because uh, you're a professional baritone and teacher and all sorts of stuff, you know, and a lot of musicians have been hit hard of like, you know, teaching yeah. lessons and all this kind of stuff. So talk about this a little bit because it's mostly been used for gamers. But
3: what do you think of this update? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. It's kind of, it it reminds me a little bit of Super Chat with YouTube Super Chat. And um, I'm particularly concerned for musicians because I I know a lot of professional musicians, their work has completely dried up. They're they're struggling. And this is going to be a way that they will be able to perform live and they will be able to get paid basically it's a, it's a form of micro payments mm-hmm. so it, the chat people can send payments as they as they're watching so i think this is great i think it, again it's about time that facebook did this it's not so it, it was originally just for gamers now they're, they're making it for for musicians as well so the only thing the, my only concern is of course copyright so if you're a musician right. and you're going to be performing facebook hasn't got the same level of their copyright system as youtube has i think youtube is a pretty Yes, there are some big disadvantages and problems with it, but it's pretty good. Whereas Facebook, I think you can get flags for copyright violation fairly easily. Absolutely. So, it, but if it's original stuff that you're you're doing as a as a musician, then this is going to be really really good stuff. So, it's certainly something to look into at the moment. If your work has dried up, and and maybe moving forwards as we get out of the uh, the quarantine and we the, the, out of the pandemic, and life supposedly goes back to normal, right. actually, I think this is going to be a really good thing for musicians to carry on doing and uh, connect with their fans and get paid while they're doing it. Awesome. Yeah. Exciting. Do you know
1: anything about the uh, percentages? Because I believe when we first talked about this, the percentage that Facebook took out of it was, was still either uncertain or it was just they hadn't figured it out do you so has Facebook said one way or another what percentage they're looking at
3: yeah it's a good question I haven't been able to find that out I'm, I'm sure they've said but it's hidden yeah. somewhere in, you know, <laughs> it, well, we're going to have to kind of find it out or maybe, it's maybe actually sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly it's, um, maybe you have to actually just apply and then at that right. point they'll tell you so I, I don't know at this stage I'm, I'm hoping particularly at the moment right. as, obviously the situation is really hard for musicians that they're going to be kind. Right. Hopefully they will be. <laughs> right. Exactly.
1: I believe they said something. And again, I'll have to like back this up with actual information, but I think it was as they're rolling out, they were going to be fairly generous because they wanted to encourage people to use it. And they're using it more than ever. There are a ton of people going live right now from virtual happy hours to webinars to concerts, as you mentioned, whatever, you know, my entire day is booked. So thanks to live, I now have a life,
2: but (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Live for life for grace,
1: live for life for grace. Right. So in addition to this, people like you and I and Jeff have been going live pretty frequently who've gone live pretty frequently anyway, Mm -hmm. right? We do this weekly. And I know that you uh, regularly are on teaching your classes and stuff. It's so the market is saturated. So question of the day, how do you stand out in this crowd? Like, what is a way to truly be helpful and connect with people at this time? I mean, even as creators, but also as marketers.
3: Well, there's lots of ways. I mean, it's, it's trying to do things differently. So, you know, standing out, you know, you could... Be try and produce, make your videos look professional and different and stand out is one way of doing it, making sure that you are engaging with your audience. So, you know, the, one of the great things about live videos is that your audience can comment. So, Talk to them, get them involved. If you're using a, an app, a, a tool like Streamyard or Ecamm Live, you can bring them onto your show and, and have a you know have a conversation. Uh, I know it's overly used the word authenticity, but you know for goodness' sake, be real. Be you know talk about the downsides, talk about the struggles that you've got because empathy is such a strong emotion, mm-hmm. and people are going through a lot of hardship at the moment, a lot of difficulties. So talk to people about that, you know, and and be real about it, and try and create different types of content. Don't just create the same kind of content all the time. Be, be creative. Have some fun. I think that's probably the big word at the moment. Right. Have some fun. It doesn't all have to be serious. We Actually, at the moment, a lot of people are going live or watching content to escape. They want to escape from what's happening in the world at the moment. So mm. have some fun and be creative with that and, and do things like quizzes and talk about some interesting things uh, that are different to your business. You don't have to talk, always talk about business. But then, of course, finally... It's also about delivering value. So make sure that you are sharing your knowledge and helping people. And that's what I've been trying to do. So many people have been asking me about live video and I've not been able to help all those people. There's only so many hours in the day. So producing content Mm -hmm. that's going to help them and, and allow them to ask you questions Live is a great way of doing that.
2: It's a great point, and you know, and you are a pro when it comes to like being confident because a lot of people are nervous uh, in being in front of the camera, and they see a lot of people who are doing mm. live video, and they may want to start. So, but you're really a pro at this, and you have a whole academy uh, that is devoted to being confident in your live marketing. So, what advice can you um, share for people who are going live the first time?
3: Well, the, f- the first thing to say is that most people out there. They may appear confident, but underneath, they are still feeling nervous. I still, every, every live <laughs> right. show that I do, I have a little bit of nerves. But it's knowing that the nerves that you have can be channeled into excitement and, and actually you can do it. So the first thing that you need to do is plan what you're going to do. Plan what you're going to talk about and do a bit of testing. Make sure the tech is working. But then it really comes down to just pressing that button going live and uh, so I actually went live today with my friend Janet Murray in the UK mm. she did her first LinkedIn live from StreamYard today and she just she didn't test it she just pressed live and just <laughs> That's right. in and wit. actually she actually brought me on brought me on first and I didn't even I was I didn't even realise I was live and so God, <laughs> we had good. a bit of fun but yeah. so yeah you just need to do it and realise that you know if you've got kids jumping you know climbing the walls and shouting in the background you're not the only one right now and actually have a bit of fun and uh, just embrace the chaos right. and just go for it. And over time, the thing is, you're going to get better. The first few live videos that you do won't be that great, but they'll, you'll get better and better. Your confidence will go up. And so you just need right. to start.
2: Well, I hope we'll get better at this. So um, Ian, where can people go and find out more information about you?
3: So my my website is probably the easiest place. That's iag.me, and you can check out my my show, my podcast. It's the Confident Live Marketing Show. That's it, if I can say it. iag.me forward slash podcast, and uh, that's uh, all about being confident on live video. So it's quite apt, really.
2: Well, thank you, thank you so much, Ian, for being here. We really appreciate all your advice. This is just this has been awesome. So thank you,
3: thank oh, you, thank Ian. You.
2: See ya. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So what an action packed show. We but we got a couple more blurbs. I mean, you know, like but wait, there's more.
1: Yeah, there's more. So So,
2: uh, this Instagram stuff, talk talk about this a little bit, uh, Grace. Yeah,
1: someone in the comments actually asked if all of these really awesome video tools are transferring over to Instagram. And... Uh, The answer I have for them is kind of, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) So in a recent interview conducted over Instagram live and shared to a private Facebook group, Instagram chief uh, Adam Azari noted that Instagram is considering adding a capacity to go live with more than just two people. So at the moment right now, it's the host. And then you could bring someone on and then you have to bring them off or take them off and then bring someone else on. Mm -hmm. And so they are exploring having more than one person. So we could do a show like this. And possibly, um, yeah. well, I think we could stream it over there right now, but um, we couldn't do it natively within Instagram. Right. So right. Uh, they said that right now it's not their most pressing issue. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's stuff going on, you know. Yeah, just a little bit.
1: I am not lacking for Facebook or Instagram lives. Uh, Every morning I wake up and that whole bar is lit with people going live. (laughs) So I think people are using it. But uh, to answer that question in our comments, they are thinking about it. They are thinking about it. And I wouldn't
2: be surprised if they do. The thing they need to do is open up the API so other tools can use it. So, and I have a feeling with all the press and everything that's going on now with live video and even, you know, Facebook just released all those tools we just got done talking about. I feel that the Instagram department is probably under some of that pressure too, because they don't want to let that go away when people want to have that option. So, you know, I'm putting on my uh, psychic hat and I think that that's, (laughs) probably going to be happening pretty quickly. So, and then we got this new stuff with this. Facebook published a whole new set of guides to help businesses dealing with this current pandemic. And there's some really helpful stuff in there, Grace.
1: Right, totally. So uh, Facebook realizes that this is hitting everyone at at different times in different ways, uh, people are affected by the shutdowns. So they have published guides for retailers. So people that are brick and mortar retailers, they have also uh, published a guide for e-commerce advertisers. So those that are having a problem with their supply chain or getting deliveries out or their entire business was online. Facebook also offered tips for that. And then they also offered something for businesses in general. And then they also created a resource specifically to a lot of faith communities. So some Something that Ian uh, mentioned in his uh, in our interview with him, and right. and I know something that you Jeff have been helping out with a lot is that a lot of churches and communities are trying to reach more people, and they have turned to more Facebook mm-hmm. um, videos and Facebook Live. I'm seeing a lot more of that my own church has gone that way. Right. You know, we uh, attend services mass at uh, on Facebook Live now, and right. it's it's a switch. So they are reaching out. So we have had a ton of incredible questions here in the comments. I know there'll probably be more from people right. listening to our podcast as well. So if you would like to get access to these guides or find them, you will find them on the article that we publish every Saturday uh, following the publishing of this show as a podcast as well. Right. Um, so you can go there and then please leave us comments. Leave us um, if you have questions. Um, I'd like to know what people are specifically dealing with and so that we can address those things because right. everyone's just in a really odd, bad, good, whatever place. Right. And we want to be able to like, right. I don't know the, the range of emotion just changes. I mean, it's yes. like spin the wheel, find yes. out where we are, but, uh, we're here to help you. And in fact, you know, I want
2: to, I want to mention, cause Grace does a great job of wrapping up and putting this all together in this Saturday article that she mentioned. And if you want to find that, you can go to social media examiner and you can find that at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. Um, we have this podcast, you know, we, we put out every week comes out on Saturdays. You can, find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. A lot of people I've seen in the comments are like, hey, is this going to be on the page? Hey, where can I find this? have the replay. It's going to be on the page, but it's also in this great wrap-up article that Grace does and also is on the podcast. And our next show is Friday, April 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to get on our calendar and find out you and not miss one of these shows, make sure you go to socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. That's socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Grace, thank you so much. You were awesome as always. Thank you. I had a great time.
1: Oh, you, you the same, Jeff. i really enjoy. I enjoy talking to you every week and I get the benefit of getting to talk to Jeff all week long. So, <laughs> uh, good, you, but, yeah. yeah, it's a great thing. <laughs> so and I don't want to say a special thank you to Allie Bloyd and Ian Anderson. Gray. They were good sports to uh, be on with us. And they mm-hmm. gave us a ton of really great info. So hopefully uh, you, our audience, have uh, also benefited from it as well. So I hope you guys have a good day and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye, buddy. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com.
0: Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.